Super Talk Mississippi media production. What's the key to discovering delectable dining? Find something that sizzles. A time-tested favorite. A feast for your eyes and palate. And a dining experience handled with care. In Vicksburg, the key to the South. You can wrap this one, my friend, in maroon and white. Ten seconds, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Bingo! You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Wednesday night. You know what that means. It's Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. I'm Brian Haydad, Rhino. Running things for me down there in Studio X, making sure everything is up to scratch, even me, as best as I can be here on a Wednesday. I tell you what, guys, I'm dragging. I'm dragging. Checked out Starkville's new uh, newest restaurant, The Joint. And I tell you what. I I have had the itis all day. I am I'm just I I I'm surprised I made it through Sports Talk Mississippi without pulling a Denzel Kim DJ on you and just passing out in the middle of that. Goodness, I'm I'm still full. I don't even know what I'm gonna do for dinner. Maybe a bowl of cereal. It's good for me though. It's good that I'm not eating. You know, I'm gonna eat one big meal. It'll be done. What's wrong with that? We got a good show lined up here tonight. You know, we don't need a guest. Richard Cross giving me a bunch of uh, of guff. I'm not having a guest. How many sports talk Mississippi's do we have? We don't have a guest. That's three hours. We couldn't find somebody that wanted to join us, take pity on us. We'll be fine. We'll be fine right here with you guys. If you want to uh, text the show, 601-879-4395. Bubba and Starkville, the interlocking throwback uniforms are awesome. Best ever thoughts. Uh, you don't happen to just have uh, Mendelssohn's uh, Hallelujah uh, queued up there, do you, uh, do you, Rhino? Uh, no. No, okay, well then don't worry about it. don't worry about looking for it. If we had it ready, I was going to be like, play it, but uh, maybe for next time, though, we should, maybe we need to add that to the Cruton Song Transfer Portal uh, list of, of instant cues. Uh, yeah! Only took us 20 years to get back to this point where everybody's happy. Had 20 years of that stupid banner looking everybody in the face. Great job. Very excited to see the interlocking MSU, the 98 throwback uh, on these uniforms. I will be shocked if they don't make a more permanent appearance. The The, the reaction and the, the overwhelming uh, support for it. And I'll just go ahead and tell you, talking to, you know, dealing with some people who are in the merchandise business. They're running out of stuff to sell y'all. I mean, they you guys are are putting the, the hurt on them from uh from a merchandise standpoint because y'all are buying it up. And that's great. And I think it shows the popularity of it. And you know, you go back to the state script. The fact that state script was so warmly embraced, and then less than a month later, interlocking MSU is getting this kind of reaction just shows you how tired Mississippi State fans were of the banner. They just they were ready for it to go. 
and nobody was listening until now. So I give. I, I know that there, people are going to say, "Oh, it's a process," and blah blah blah. I don't care. Zach Selman and crew are getting all the credit from me. All right, that's a group over there that's listening to its fans, because its fans are its customers. You know, I always talk about sports and like it's a business, guys. You got to got to leave your feelings at the door on some things. This is one of them. You know, what makes money? What what do people want to buy? Do they want to buy X or Y? They want to buy Y. Then sell them Y. That's not that's not even something that's difficult. Anybody, even I could figure that one out. And I, like I said, you know, they, they've got it set up for they got it set up for the one game. Uh, the Kentucky game, which I find humorous, by the way. It's a 98 throwback. They're going to do it for the Kentucky game. State lost to Kentucky in 98. Tim Couch. Brian Hazelwood missed a uh, field goal there at the end that would have given State the win. And why not do it for the Ole Miss game or Alabama or something? I don't know. Don't do it for LSU. Under no circumstances would you do that. That was a horrible game in 98. But I would be really surprised if they don't. you don't see those at the Egg Bowl. I would be really, really surprised. It's just perfect, right? I mean, isn't that, isn't that what the Egg Bowl is, by the way? A state with the interlocking and those uniforms, Ole Miss and their powder blue helmets. That's the Egg Bowl. That's what I want to see. So we'll see. We've got a bunch of texts coming in talking about it. Uh, hey, Hannah, how do you curious? How do you choose a town for the Brupolo read? Do you randomly pick a spot? More or less. I just pick a county and then I find a settlement and go from there. Uh, the interlocking MSU is worth two to three more wins this season. We may win the whole thing. There we go. Somebody wants to know about Alvin Kamara. Uh, they haven't granted me the rights to my Saints show yet, but uh, the Houdat Hour will be on very soon. Me and Michael Borky will uh, will have our own show talking about that. Hey, Brian. Uh, Steven here from Sturgis. The interlocking MSU brings back so many memories. Love it. That's the thing. Watching that video and seeing that uniform... It did. It bring back a a ton of memories. That's great. Easy. Solomon is listening to the fans on logos. He ain't listening to the baseball fans. I I think he's listening. He's just. He. I. I. I understand. I don't necessarily agree, but I understand. Bubba in Starville again. So I always heard we could not use that logo because Nike owned it. Rumor? Not a rumor, Bubba. A lie. You were told a lie by your own athletic department. Larry Templeton and his people lied to you for 20 years. They told you a straight-up fib. Simple as that. Because they wanted to move on to the banner M for whatever reason. They wanted to push that down your throat, and you had to live with it the last 20 years. So you were lied to. Take that as you will. Mississippi State jersey, the Miss State on the jersey is also sharp. Bubba and Starville. I agree. I like the Miss State. I get why some people don't because it looks like a mistake or what. I get that, but it is sharp. I think that I think I think that you might in the future just see State across the uh, the jersey, which would be perfect for me. I, I'm all I'm all on board with the idea of branding as State. If you guys go back to as far as October when that state script uh, helmet was first announced for the Kentucky game. What is it about Kentucky? What is it about Mississippi State wanting to break out special uniforms against Kentucky? State script, first appearance, Kentucky. These appear would be against Kentucky. Uh, uh, Dak, his senior year, they, they broke out the all-black uniforms against Kentucky. What is it about Kentucky that makes State want to put on special uniforms? I don't know the answer to that question. Um 
kind of forgot where we were there. But, yeah, I, I love these uniforms, and they did. They brought back a flood of memories uh, watching that. The, the, and, and very want to give kudos to Mississippi State, uh, the video department there, Hale State Productions, the video presentation of this uniform with all the highlights from 98 you know Hazelwood's field goal against Arkansas, and then the you know the win in the Egg Bowl, uh, you know the win over Alabama, and and, and and you know things like that, and then the the, the transition into the the uniform reveal was just flawless. Great job, guys! I'll give, I I I I can be harsh on those guys sometimes because I, I I hold them to a high standard. Does Gentil have the new script? I don't know if they have the interlocking yet, Dwayne. But I do know that they have the script state, if that's what you're asking. They have that. You can order it online at gentilapparel.com. Uh, nothing worse than the gold and maroon uniforms. I don't mind the gold as much as some Mississippi State fans did. Uh, I did think it was a little bit of overkill. But I do definitely think this is a much better look. Now that Richard and Borky are off, unleash your unfiltered opinion on the Blindside Saga. Brother, I already did. I, I didn't I didn't filter anything for those guys. What a great week this has been, by the way. <laughs> I may I may have called Brandon Walker and laughed for two and a half solid minutes uh on Monday. Isn't Kentucky homecoming this year? Uh I believe it is. I believe it is, and then that may be the reason they're doing it, but it's just an odd uh coincidence. So, a lot of, and you know, we're getting a lot of text about it. I'm just telling you, the social media uh, response, not only from Mississippi State people, but from national people who are all saying the same thing. This should be the uniform. Why did they ever change? Look how great these looks. They they remind you of the the best days of Mississippi State football. I agree. Also, the best season since those days was 2014. When they wore a replica of that uniform, it was not as it was not as close a replica as this next this one we're going to see in in November is the one in November. It's almost flawless. It is almost a spot on replica. The fourteen uniforms, we call them more of a throwback, shall we? Because they had some of the uh, the 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 details, but not all. And of course, they still had the wrong helmet on. So. But y'all's, y'all's reaction to this has been massive, and it has to be noticed over in the Bryan building. They have to be seeing this and going, guys, we're throwing away money by not offering this stuff. You know, the, 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 the plan is just to offer it up for a year and then put it back in the vault. There's no chance that's going to happen when they see the kind of merchandising sales that are currently being put up at our retailers across the state. You got people talking about they ordered three, four. I got a one friend who ordered $700 worth of stuff. $700. That's one guy. I mean, it feels like a pretty easy uh, decision for me. All right, when we come back, let's talk some actual football. Uh, camp is sort of at the midway point. What have we learned? What do we know about this Mississippi State football team? We'll talk about that when we come back. This is Thunder and Lightning live here on Super Talk Mississippi. On Super Talk Mississippi.
So Mississippi State uh, took today off. Slackers? I didn't take today off. No. Uh, it's Thunder and Lightning Live here on Super Talk Mississippi. I'm Brian Haydad, Rhino down there in Studio X. Uh, first day of school here in Starkville. Mississippi State back into classes, so the preseason camp portion of things took a break. And talking to Zach Arnett, looks like the preseason part part of it is, is kind of over. They're going to transition in now into installation, calling it a mock game week. Uh, going to start figuring out, you know, start putting your scout team together, and those guys will be, you know, there for the rest of the year and so on and so forth. So what do we know? You know, Mississippi State had its first scrimmage on uh, on Saturday night. Uh, not open to the public or the media. Doesn't mean information didn't get out, and it did. Um, if you if you haven't heard already, if you didn't listen to Thunder and Lightning, the podcast, first off, shame on you. Didn't listen to this show on Monday, or I'm sorry, the Sports Talk Mississippi on Monday. Shame on you. Should you should you would have had already had this information, but I will in case you didn't. I'm, I'm here for you. Um, kind of went the way you thought it might though. Uh, defensively, in the first part of that scrimmage, it was it was they were on top. Defense was on top. Uh, offensively, they figured some things out in the second part of the scrimmage, and, and they've started making some plays, ran the ball a little bit more effectively, uh, so on and so forth. So that's probably what I would have expected to be told. If you said, "How do you think it'll go?" Defense will probably you know get it going, and then offense will finally figure some things out. A uh, couple of things that I've taken away from this camp, and, and from what I what I've, I've seen, and from what I've heard. First off. Mississippi State has a, a viable backup quarterback right now. Coming out of the spring, I didn't have a lot of confidence in Mike Wright to do much more than just be a guy who could come in and give you maybe a running look and, and you know be a goal line guy, things like that. Right now, you know, he's improved to the point where I think the drop off isn't so big if something happens to Will that you know it's just over for Mississippi State. I'll, I'll be going back out of the spring. You had said, "Hey, Will gets hurt in week one. What's your prediction for the the season?" I would have said something like, "You know, four and eight, five and seven. Now I could see them still, you know, winning games because he's improved that much as a passer. So that's a great job by him, and a great job by Mississippi State's coaching staff because that's a guy who, you know, like I said, coming in in May, in late April, early May, I would not have felt confident about him back there under center. Um, still some work to do on the offensive line." But I feel like they're coming along. I feel like you have an idea of what that that starting offensive line is going to be, especially from left guard to right tackle. I think you know left guard Nick Jones, Cole uh, Cole Smith at center, Stephen Lasoya at right guard, Cam Jones at right tackle, and that left that left tackle position they're going to continue to battle there between Dollar Bill Johnson and Percy Lewis, and we'll see who you know see who ends up there. But I feel like between those two guys, you've got you know Johnson has a ton of experience. Lewis was the nation's number one JUCO offensive tackle a season or two seasons ago, coming out of a uh, Mississippi Gulf Coast. It's a good battle, and I feel like whoever wins that job is going to be okay there. Lewis especially intrigues me because at left tackle, he's 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 lost a lot of weight. He came to Mississippi State, I think, almost at 380 pounds. Uh, he's down to you know like 330, 320 now, I believe. So, you know, but he's still a big, big mauler of a guy. You know he's more of a, he's built more like a right tackle, but he's got the, the ability to play left tackle. That's a great situation for Mississippi State. Um, the wide receivers, you know, the names you expect are there, right? Justin Robinson, uh, Tulu Griffin, Savion Thomas. But we're going to have to keep our eyes on this freshman Creed uh, Creed Whitmore. 
Um, first off, I'm excited because I, I want to make Creed jokes, be they Creed from The Office or Creed the Rock Band or maybe even Apollo Creed. I got a lot of options with this kid. Um, but more importantly, he appears to be an explosive player, a guy who can do things with the ball after the catch, great athlete, can make the tough catches, tough player. Uh, I think he can make an impact possibly on special teams. It's tougher on. It's weird. You think about a, a player like that, a, a true freshman. You're like, okay, you know, he can't get a starting job as, as a receiver. But we, we can find a spot for him on special teams. Well, that's where Tulu Griffin and Xavier Thomas are the two best return men in the country. So I don't know what what his his role could be there. To be honest with you, but for for me, for sure, uh, that's a that's a game where, a, a player we have to keep an eye on. There's the, the two the two true freshmen to watch are going to be him and then the uh, the safety from Itawamba, Isaac Smith, who was State's highest rated recruit. That's a guy I think when State signed him, you had to expect him to be an impact player in year one because you knew that State was losing so much at the safety position. I don't think I would have predicted Creed Whitmore to be a guy who would, could make an impact in year one because of the depth State has at receiver. But it looks like it's going to be that way. I don't think he'll redshirt. I think he'll, he'll be a guy you see a, a lot. You know, and he'll, he'll be in that slot rotation with, with Tulu and Xavion. Xavion is a guy who can slide outside, too. So I think you might see, you know, Xavion could, could get some, a lot of reps out there, that other outside receiver. But that's a position where there's, that battle is ongoing with Jaden Wally and Freddie Roberson and Jordan Mosley. A lot of guys pushing for reps there, which is a great thing for, for Mississippi State. Defensively, it's sort of, you know, what you would expect, right? It's, it's the front, the front guys are good. You're hearing a lot of talking from Arnett about this four man, the idea of maybe playing with a four man front some, four two five or maybe even a four three. Four three is very interesting to me because if you're telling me you don't think the, the outside linebacker there is doing a good enough job to be in a three three five, why is why would you want to go four three? Why would you want to take a safety off the field? I don't. I, I that's just a question. Maybe I need to ask Zach Arnett or Matt Brock. But, you know, Crummity, Pickering, Johnson, Watson, those guys, I mean, you know what you've got. They're proven commodities. You're going to be okay there. It's just who, who do you find around him? A name to watch, Deontay Anderson. He's having a monster camp. Had a great scrimmage. Had some tackles for a loss, a couple of sacks. And he's really making a push to be a starting defensive end in either a four- or three-man front. Keep an eye on that name, Deontay Anderson. Trevion Williams is another name to watch. Calvin Dinkins. It's time for these guys who were freshmen last year, redshirt freshmen. They've got to start stepping forward because state, you know, right now you look at your top three defensive linemen; they're all seniors. You got to find a way uh, through that. So we'll see. What we got here is the Southern Miss game a trap game for state? No, I don't think so. Mainly because, and I'll just have to deal with the Twitter mentions. I guess. I mean, at the end of the day. Yeah, could Southern Miss beat Mississippi State? Sure, but are are they going to be favored to? No, you know. I mean, I think State understands the importance of that game. That you want to be playing well before you get to the, the Egg Bowl. I, I don't see that as a trap game for Mississippi State as, at all. No. Um, Chase from Columbus, forget a negative box. We haven't even seen them play against a neutral box because of of said I'm talking about the offensive line. I get what you're saying that they've had some success running the ball, but against five DB sets, no, it's, it's very true. But at the same time, you're going to have a tight end up there now. Uh, you're going to be running, you know, running, uh, uh, running plays that aren't just hey, here's the ball. 
You know, there's going to be some counteraction, some some zone, some stretch, things like that. I think I think it'll all balance out, Chase. Plus, these guys, they all grew up in Mississippi for the most part. Running the football is in their DNA. They'll be fine. I think they'll be fine. Uh, let's see here. Thoughts on the claim of Michael Ower's $15 million shakedown? That's not a shakedown, buddy. It's just the truth. And everybody with a brain knew it from day one. Bubba and Starville says, I'm a USM fan and a state fan. State will beat the Eagles easily. I mean, easily is, 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 is a, is a, I'm trying to figure out how to, how to, how to say it. Like, I see that game being close in the first half. Southern will definitely come out wanting to get get a, a, a good start. Gore is a good running back. They have some talent defensively. If they hit a big play, you know that that'll give them some momentum. But there you go. You're lying. Michael is broken trying to get money. I remember like three hours ago when you said you were going to leave this conversation, dude, and yet here you are, Marcus in Starkville. Shout out to Marcus in Starkville. He thinks that Michael Ower is lying. So congratulations to you. Uh, anyway, anything else from this camp that, that I want to take away? I, I Nothing that makes me want to change my prediction, which is what we're going to talk about uh, when we come back. We're going to go over, the if you missed it, the Mississippi State media poll. Every year I do a poll of my uh, cohorts and uh, co-workers and get an idea of what everybody on the beat thinks about this Mississippi State team. So we're going to do that when we come back. And uh, you're not going to be surprised. You might be surprised by some of those predictions, and, and you might not be. I don't. I don't know. But I was kind of surprised in how much alike everybody was. We didn't have a lot of uh, a lot of differences in, in our predictions. And I don't know if that makes should make me feel confident or should make me feel nervous. But I, I saw a post on a message board that said, you know, when we get to Black Friday. A lot of people are going to be wrong, and a lot of people are going to be right. I hope I'm on the side of the right one. And if you're listening and you're a Mississippi State fan, you need to hope that as well. So we'll talk about that when we come back. We'll talk about Mississippi State's predictions. We'll talk about some uh, some questions I have about this upcoming season and what everybody around us thinks about those uh, predictions. We'll do that when we come back. It's Thunder and Lightning live here on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi. You called down the thunder, well now you got it. Back here on Thunder and Lightning. Hold on. There it is. Super Talk Mississippi. If you ever miss this show or if you just want to hear it again, and, and who could blame you, really? It's always available on the Thunder and Lightning podcast feed, simply uh, wherever you get podcasts from. Or you can always go to our website, supertalk.fm, which I have told you many times, and I'll tell you again, if you haven't bookmarked that website, I don't know what to tell you. That should be one of your first websites you check every day. Sports, great. News, opinion, weather, 
everything going on in the great state of Mississippi, it's right there at supertalk.fm. Every year, I send out a poll to my good friends here on the Mississippi State Beat, and it's some to my enemies. I'm just kidding. Or am I? And I get their thoughts. I feel like the fans, the responses has always been really good from fans because they like having everything in one place. I like to know what the people covering their team think. So did it this year. We had a great response. And uh, I was kind of surprised, though, that everybody was as positive as they were. Usually there's one guy, right? And, it, it, you know, changes year to year. But there's somebody who thinks, okay, it's probably a 6-6 six and six team, or they could slip and go 5-7. and seven. I didn't get that this year. 7-5 and five was the low mark. 9-3 and three was the high mark. And then you had a bunch of 8-4s and fours in between. Uh, I was only 8-4. and four. Uh, train along with my my podcast partner Robbie Falk uh, and a few others. I, mean, I think a total, yeah, a total of five predictions for eight and four. Paul Jones was eight and four. Stefan Krajnik, I like saying his name, Krajnik, eight and four, uh, and Sammy Roebuck from WTBA Sports, eight and four, and then uh, some seven and fives, and, and then the one nine and three from our good friend and host Steve Robertson. That being said. I was surprised it was as, as as tight as it was. There wasn't a lot of, of dissension there. You didn't have anybody going way overboard. I mean, somebody had said ten and two. I would have I would have done a few minutes on that and been like, I don't I kind of don't agree with that. Nine and three for Steve is, is that's your, that's your that's your ceiling, right? That's as high as it can possibly get. I think for Mississippi, I, I, if they stay goes ten and two, I'll be really 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 super impressed with Zach Arnett. Eight and four just felt right to me. You know, they have four road games. They're all tough. I think they'll split them. I think they'll lose to LSU and Alabama. I think they'll lose to my my prediction is South Carolina, Texas A and M. Looking around, I mean that's you know that just makes sense to me. Could they lose to Auburn? Sure, but could they beat South Carolina? Absolutely. That's the thing about those four games. They're all toss ups. States the the state games that I would designate as unwinnable or less likely to win. RLSU and, and Alabama, and those are both at home. I think State goes six and two at home, two and two on the road to finish eight and four. Uh, I asked Will Rogers' question. He needs two thousand four hundred seventy-three yards to eclipse Aaron Murray and become the all-time leading passer in SEC history. Does he beat that number this season? One hundred percent said yes. And our friend Rivers Huey from ESPN one hundred four five in Baton Rouge uh, made sure to say easily. So she's predicting a really big year. Uh, for Will Rogers, I, I just feel like I mean, that's a little less than 200 yards passing per game. I don't, I don't see. Uh, I just don't see how 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 he misses that number. Mississippi State is going 10 and 2. Come on, dude! With all the returning starters, this is why I say you don't know sports. Marcus, A, you said you were going to stop talking to us three hours ago. I don't know what's going on with you, man. But secondly, literally everybody on this poll, nobody said 10 and 2. You're the only one saying it. Congrats. It doesn't make you smarter than everybody. I'm going to ignore you now, Marcus. We're moving forward. Uh, next question was, does State have a 1,000-yard rusher this year? First year in the new system, first year uh, where they're going to be a little bit more run-heavy. And there was not much of a split, but there was a split. Uh, Three people said yes, Steve, Stefan, and uh, Cam Dyer, who works for uh, WCBI Sports. Everybody else was a no. I was a no. 
I just see it, you know, after talking to uh, Kevin Barbet this past weekend, I just see it more like they were last year at App State. They had four running backs who got a, b- a bunch of carries. I just don't think one guy is going to be put in a position where he can get enough carries to get to 1,000 yards. And I don't think Marks is going to average nine yards a carry. So uh, I just said no. I said no to that one. Who will lead Mississippi State this year in interceptions? You know, you got to get a, uh, you got to get an idea of, of, you know, there's so many new faces in the secondary. It shouldn't come as a surprise that the most popular name was the only familiar face. DeCamry Richardson was the choice of five people, including myself. Uh, I just feel like, which is interesting because you would think he gets thrown at the least because he's the most known commodity. But look at last year at Emmanuel Forbes. You know, he uh, was the known commodity, and he still led the team in interceptions. Marcus Banks was the second guy. He got a, a total of five votes. DeCamry got six. Oh, no, is it five and five? It is five and five. Um, DeCarlos Nicholson got one vote from Justin Frommer of the Commercial Dispatch. And then in a, a absolute head-scratching slash possibly brilliant move, Sammy Roebuck from WTBA Sports picked walk-on defensive back Nicholas Bargains. Guys, She's either going to be way off or she's going to be on college game day next year because she knew something we didn't. We'll find out which one it is. Will Mississippi State finish higher in total offense or total defense this season? Only two people picked offense, and that was uh, John Sokoloff of WCBI Sports, noted troublemaker, WCBI Sports, and Sammy again, Sammy Roebuck. Everybody else went defense. I went defense. I just feel like defensively this team is going to be uh, very, very solid. I think this offensive team will be good. I could see this off defense being between 25 and 35, and offensively they'd be between 35 and 45. Last year, I think that if I had it right, they were 31st in total defense and 62nd in total offense. So I see a big jump for offense and just not much of a jump for defense, but still really, really good. Uh, and then the questions I ask these two questions every year. If you you know when you make your predictions, when you go game by game, what's the game you're saying? Okay, I think State's going to win this one, but this is the one I think they might be most likely to lose. And then the inverse of that question: the game you think they're going to lose, but yeah, you know, they could easily win this game. For me, it is always the same answer for the first one. The game I think State's going to, well, most years. The, State, if, I, if I'm predicting State to win the Egg Bowl, that is always the one they are the most likely to lose. Real ones, no, guys. You can never really truly predict the Egg Bowl, and there's always trouble. There's always issues with it. So I think State wins the Egg Bowl this year, but if we wake up the day after Thanksgiving and they've lost, the, the, there will be no surprise on my face. The game I got them losing, but I think they could win, is South Carolina. Alabama and LSU, as I mentioned, I just feel like State is at such a talent disadvantage there. And talent is the reason I think Texas A&M will, will beat them. This is my last go-round with A&M. If they can't figure it out this year, I will never pick them again while Jimbo Fisher is there. But I just believe that with Connor Wiegman, they're going to figure some things out there. Uh, Ole Miss was the pick for uh, four others, so that was the most popular pick. A&M was the pick for a couple. A couple people picked South Carolina. Cam Dyer picked Arizona, which I found very interesting that he thinks that State could lose that game. That would be down my list for sure. Uh, and then the other side of that, a game I think they're going to lose, but they could win. South Carolina was mine. Uh, it was also the pick of two others. Uh, that was picked from Stefan and from Rivers. 
And then LSU was a popular pick. A couple people picked them. Uh, Auburn was picked by a couple. Uh, Kentucky from Sammy Roebuck. I found that interesting. I, I think State, she has State losing to Kentucky at home. State hasn't lost to Kentucky at home since 2008. So we'll have to see how that, that, that one pans out for sure. Bowen Indianola's talking. We'll ignore him too. I don't know anyone, Jason. I don't know anyone can pick this team to win ten games. I mean, I, I agree, Jason. I, I you know, ten games is a lot. You know, states won ten games once in the last twenty-two seasons. I, I don't think this is the year. What about our punter and field goal kickers, Denny and Flowood? New faces: Nicholas Barmera, who was good in the spring. I think he'll be okay. Uh, and then it's going to be a true freshman and an Australian, Keelan Crimmins. I'm interested to see if he's more of that rugby-style punter or if he's just a straight-up punter. I don't know how they're going to make that work. So, uh, Ole Miss fan here, everyone is sleeping on State. Could easily be a 9-10 win team. Let's Will do, do what he does. I'm really, really surprised uh, that's going to happen. Please tell me Marcus is the one with the petition. He is. He is. Tyler and Corinth wants to be ignored, too. Mike Wright steals the starting job week three. No chance, Tyler. Unless unless Will gets hurt, he's locked in there. It's locked in there. Uh, but getting back to the Ole Miss fan, I I, I just can't say. Nine, nine is the, the ceiling to me. Ten would be Arnett coach of the year. State would, I don't think they'd be in the Sugar Bowl. I'm pretty sure the Sugar Bowl this year is a playoff game. I think it's the Sugar and the Rose are your playoff games. So they'd be in the Peach Bowl or the Orange Bowl or something like that? I, I just can't see it happening. I just can't see it. So we'll see. All right. We'll wrap it up when we come back. Another Wednesday evening with you here on Super Talk. We appreciate it, and we'll be back in just a minute. Thunder and Lightning live here on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi. I am absolutely and completely thunderstruck. things up here on a Wednesday night. This is Thunder and Lightning. I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for spending your Wednesday evening with me. Even you, Marcus. Appreciate you tuning in. Nothing I like better to do than spend all afternoon listening to radio programs of people I hate. That's how I like to spend my free time. Uh, so, what we're going to talk about on tomorrow's Thunder and Lightning podcast, Got it, what I was thinking about was, you know, with the transition from preseason camp to the season. To the to, to installation and things like that, they got me looking ahead to Week One a little bit. And, you know, they're playing a, an FCS team, a good one. They're ranked in the top twenty uh, of the, the first FCS poll, Southeast Louisiana. I think they are the favorites or the the, the reigning champions of the Southland Conference. Um, 
So, you know, people will tell you that you can't take anything away from that kind of game. And, and there's some truth in that, right? You know, you expect to win big and so on. You look at State's last, like, five, six games, or going back even a long way, you know, when St- I think the only year where State has struggled at all with an FCS team since the main debacle was the 2016 game against Samford, where they put up a ton of points, but they, they couldn't stop them in that game. That's the Peter Sermon year, where they couldn't stop anybody that year. So it just kind of is what it is. Um. But I disagree with that, though. I think you can take things away from that. And, and, you know, I think obviously you should win and win big. If you don't, then you got issues. Uh, you should control the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. You should be able to run the ball effectively. You should be able to stop the run effectively. You should be able to protect your quarterback. You should be able to harass their quarterback in an FCS game. Um, and you should be able to, to pop off some big plays. If you're grinding out everything you do, Offensively in a game like that, that to me that's a bad sign. You know, you should be able to have a couple of runs that break for 25, 35, 45 yards. You should be able to hit a 40, 50 yard uh, pass play over the top. And that's, you know, that's with this offense, that's what I'm going to be looking for is, you know, some big running plays and some throws down the field from Will Rogers. You know, I, I that, that's been the, the offseason. You know, it's kind of funny in that. Some some of the national people have talked so much about Will going under center and having to turn his back to the defense, and I get that. I, you know, he hasn't done it in a long time. I get that. I think within the MSU community of fans and media, the bigger concern has been: Does he have the arm to make these throws? And then just from watching the spring game and from the little bit of practice that I've seen, yeah, he can he can make those throws. You know, and again, this isn't about being Josh Allen and being able to throw it from the end zone to the the thirty yard line on the other side of the field, but it is about being able to throw the ball consistently 35, 40, 50 yards and make those plays. You're going to have some guys like Xavier Thomas and Tulu Griffin who have the speed to take the top off of a defense. You're going to have to be able to take advantage of that when those those are there. I think Will Rogers can do that. So, if that's the case, Mississippi State will be fine. But don't go into this game thinking, well, you know, can't really, you know, uh, I just hope we're healthy. Can't take. I, I, I disagree with that that sentiment. I think you can take something from every game you play. You know, I think the the, the same is true for when you know, state plays Alabama. I'll take something away from that game too, even though I don't think state's going to win, and I don't know that I don't necessarily know that I expect state to play particularly well because they just have it against Alabama for the last you know decade, basically. A couple of exceptions in there. So week one, I mean, gosh, guys, we're only do the math here. What, fifteen days? Is that right? Fifteen days away, sixteen days away, something like that. That's crazy. It really it goes by really slow, and at the same time, it goes by really quick. Especially when you get to this point in the year when you're just you start counting down those things, you just blink, and all of a sudden it's kickoff. You know, next this is the last Saturday of the of the year where we're gonna have. No college football. Next Saturday, we have week zero, and we have some games there. You get to watch Vanderbilt. If you want to watch the SEC, there's a couple of in Notre Dame, Navy. It'll be an interesting game, I guess. But at the end of the day, some college football is better than no college football. And then all you got to do is wait one more week, and then boom. You don't even have to wait a week. You wait five days. Thursday night, August 31st, Florida-Utah is going on. That's a huge game. That's going to be a fun game to watch. I think it'll set the tone for both of those teams' seasons. I think Utah will use it as a launching pad to move towards a potential, you know, repeat Pac-12 championship. 
And then for Florida, I feel like that's going to be the start of a long season for the Gators. And then two days after that, boom, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, Southern Miss, they're all playing football, and we've, we're off and running at that point. So really, really looking forward to that. Guys, once again, I appreciate uh, you, you, you tuning in on a Wednesday night. What can I say? You know, I enjoy being with you. You guys seem to be a lot of great responses tonight on the text line. And so I appreciate that. Back tomorrow on Sports Talk Mississippi, we're going to start a preview series. We're going to hit, we've got 12 shows until the till football. So we're going to do a SEC team every day. Tomorrow we're going to talk to somebody covering Alabama. We're going to go all the way through. I figure we cover Mississippi State and Ole Miss enough. We can skip them. We'll have plenty to talk about with them. Don't worry about it. For Rhino down there in Studio X, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for joining me here on Super Talk Mississippi. This has been Thunder and Lightning. Talk to you guys again tomorrow. Talk Mississippi Media Production.